Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Production.net. From the JetBook Studios, now featuring CBD-infused seltzer to get happy, legal for 18 and up. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Condon, Des Moines Sports Center, 106.3 KXNO. We take you uh, right up until noon. Still to come, bottom of the hour, David Kaplan will head to Chicago, Windy City. Uh, get to Cappy, Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors Cap. Well, let's get to Dane Mazzatani's. We talk a little Minnesota sports. It's been a while since we caught up with Dane. Uh, he's been at Vikings camp the last couple of days as they watch them go through their OTAs. Dane, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming back on. How are you, Dane Mazzatani? I'm doing well, guys. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for finding time for us. We appreciate it. Let's start with the Vikings. You've been uh, uh, able to... Well, first of all, how much access do the Vikings give you? Is it a you know 15-minute period that you're allowed to watch practice before they shoo you away? Actually, in these off-season times, it's, you can watch the whole thing. Oh, good. Uh, you just can't tweet, you just can't tweet um, anything until after... That rule kind of feels arbitrary. We're going to tweet it in like an hour, but I guess they <laughs> right. want. Yeah. While we're on the field, no tweeting. Um, but that's okay. Yeah, it's cool. We're able to watch the entire practice for the whole duration um, during the off season, and then once they ramp up in the regular season, it's like ten minutes. Take a ten minutes, get out of here. Mm-hmm. Does it uh, have a different vibe from a, a, a Zimmer led OTAs? <laughs> Do you notice a difference? Yeah, I think so. Um, the, the biggest thing I've noticed is like the practice periods are shorter. So it's like an hour and 15 minutes. I think that might be more emblematic of just the, the league as a whole, kind of mm-hmm. realizing that, like, we don't need to work these guys two and a half hours in June. Um, but I do also think, like, that has a little bit to do with, with Kevin O'Connell. And, you know, he, he preached from the beginning, from the moment he was hired, you know, the importance of connectedness and, you know, everyone feeling like, you know, they're pulling on the same rope. And, and I think – even something as simple as like feeling like your coach is looking out for you and taking care of you in practice is, is a way that that kind of manifests itself. And and you're really seeing it. I mean, the, the vibe is different. Um, I guess it's hard to say how much this culture or whatever, you know, that's such a buzzword is going to translate on, on the field. We won't know until obviously week one. Um, but these guys seem to kind of be gelling and, you know, they're doing more team building activities. It, it doesn't seem like punch the clock, you know, be here and then go home. It seems like these guys genuinely like being around each other. And I saw that cover in the wild. Like that can make a difference mm-hmm. over the course of the season. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Year number one of Adolfo Mensa, the new GM there, traded back with a division foe Couple with the Lions. <laughs> he did it again with the Packers. Uh, you don't see it happen very often. 
I'm going to guess early on it led to some consternation with the Vikings fans up there. What was your takeaway in looking back at the first draft for him? Yeah, I was um, admittedly like I, I I thought they it wasn't a need receiver wasn't a need because you have Jefferson and Thielen, but Jamison Williams sitting there for you at fifteen or whatever twelve whatever Vikings pick was, mm-hmm. and and not only do you pass on Jamison Williams, you give him to, to a different right. rival. So uh, in like right away, I was like, ooh, you know, I don't really like that. Like, not you have to deal with Jamison Williams in division. For the, you know, however long he's going to play, a decade plus. Uh, and then you do the same thing with Christian Watson in Green Bay. Um, but I, I do think listening to, you know, Quasi talk about those moves um, kind of gave me a little bit more perspective or maybe a little bit more respect in that sense. Like, you know, this guy's building the Vikings and he's not worried about anyone but the Vikings. So if he felt like this trade was going to give them more ammo in the draft, or, you know, a better opportunity to draft more players that can make an impact this season and beyond. Um, and if it meant maybe helping the Lions in the process or maybe helping the Packers in the process, he doesn't really care about that. I mean, he's focused on building the Vikings. And I thought that was a, you know, sometimes I think we lose sight of that. Like, you know, well, we don't want to help someone else. But, you know, as long as at the end of the day, now we'll see, will these draft picks pan out? Like, that's another story. But if he felt like he got the best value and he felt like this was the right thing to do to build this team, um, the, the draft is a crapshoot anyway. So who are we to fault him? That's a good point. Yeah. You know, speaking of that, let's uh, kind of localize it a little bit for our audience, even more so. The Vikings do certainly move the needle here, and we carry Vikings games on, on uh, 106.3 KXNO. Uh, Kanena Wangu from Iowa State certainly had his moments last year, special teams more so. Uh, and, of course, uh, Smith-Marset. Uh, what about the former Hawkeye and the former Cyclone as they get set to embark on their uh, second year in the NFL? Yeah, we'll start with Kane Nwangu. Like, obviously, the kid's dynamic. You knew that, um, obviously, watching him at Iowa State, um, just his ability you know, with the ball in his hands. And he showed that in, in year one as a kick returner. I would argue already one of the elite kick returners in the league, just his speed and his vision and you know his ability to cut back. Um, but I think you look at a guy like that as, like, let's get him the ball more. Let's get him more touches. I'm not saying give him 25 carries a game, but I'm saying, like, you see this guy and what he can do and how dynamic he can be. Uh, let's find something, you know, a package here, a package there to get him the ball in space. And I, and I, I trust that Kevin O'Connell is going to do that. Like he, he's an offensive minded guy, you know, that's a kind of a forward thinker. And I think he you know, doesn't take a genius to realize that Kane Nwangu is special. I think Kevin O'Connell is going to do everything in his power to get him the ball in open space. But, you know, like I said, that doesn't mean he's stealing, 10, 15 touches a game from Dalvin or Alexander Madison or even Ty Chandler, the guy they drafted out of North Carolina. Um, but I think it benefits you as an offense to get that kid the ball. And I think we've seen a little bit of that, um, you know, through OTAs, pre mandatory minicamp. Um, and I think we'll kind of see more of that as, as training camp progresses. Now, Amir Smith Marset, like, I think he was a dark horse to be like, I don't know if we would say the number three because KJ Osborne had a heck of a year last mm-hmm. year for the Vikings. But Amir Smith-Marset was someone I looked at as a potential for a breakout this year. A little unfortunate. He suffered a lower leg injury. Oh, that kind of sounds like hockey hockey talk. But they, yeah. wouldn't, they, wouldn't just, they wouldn't specify it, but he had, a, he had a walking boot on his right foot. Um, he missed like the final two weeks of, uh, of spring here. They expect him back by the start of training camp. Um, good news. You know, we saw him yesterday working off the side. He wasn't doing any work, but he did have the boot off. So I, I, it looks like that injury is progressing, whatever it is. 
Um, and I, I expect him to kind of be full goal training camp. Excited to see him, too. Um, we talk about Kane Nwangu and the speed he has. Everyone knows about Amir Smith-Marset's speed, yeah. too, and, and his ability with the ball in his hands. So there'll be someone to keep an eye on in training camp, for sure. Lower body. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> hey, last thing on the Vikings. Uh, we want to get to, uh, obviously, we want to get to uh, the Twins, etc. with you. How important is, is is the coaching change for Kellen Mond, who was – um, you know, I don't know, I fell out of favor in with the Zimmer regime, maybe. Important year for Kellen Mond, uh, considering he's got a, a fresh start, I would think. Yeah, I would think so. I think um, if the Vikings were just running back with Mike Zimmer, I think Kellen Mond would have been, you know, a, a main candidate or like the top candidate to be cut this offseason as far as the quarterback room. I think they would have moved forward with Kirk Cousins and Sean Mannion and kind of called it a day on, on Kellen Mond. Um, for whatever reason, Mike Zimmer wasn't a fan. Um, I think it'll help him that Kevin O'Connell is at the helm now, that a guy may be a little bit more in favor of playing young guys, giving young guys a chance, um, not not quite in survival mode like Zimmer was toward the end of his his regime here. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it's on Kellen Mond. And, and just watching him in practice, he, he has arm talent. He definitely does. But kind of a, he has a slower release. You know, we were – watching two minutes at the end of practice yesterday and you know he threw a pick just kind of a questionable decision don't throw that ball so these things like obviously like they're going to play out over the course of training camp over the course of preseason i'm not saying a you know a pick at the end of practice on june whatever is going to get him cut from the team but you have to see you know market improvement moving forward from this kid um, the only thing is, like, he didn't really have a chance last year. So it's hard to consider this, like, year two, because it really wasn't even year one for him last year. Um, I, I think it could benefit him just having someone else in his corner that, that might be a little more in his corner. Um, but I'll be interested to see what he does with that opportunity, um, because he hasn't been all too impressive so far, to be honest. Let's get to the first place Minnesota Twins. <laughs> as they get a win last night against the Yankees, and they slayed the dragon, right? It's over. We don't have to talk about the Yankees and the, the twin struggles against them anymore, right? Yeah, I think it's over. I think uh, <laughs> when they meet in the playoffs, I think the twins sweep them, you know, yep, three yep. in the first round. <laughs> well, it was no, good, I, uh, good feelings last is, night, certainly. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, even we, we can joke tongue-in-cheek about it, but, like, it's anytime you beat the Yankees and you're the twins, I think mm-hmm. you leave feeling good about yourself. I, I think it was... It was nice to see you're seeing Byron Buxton kind of figure it out the dish. I think he was two for three yesterday with a homer and a run scored, um, or another run scored. Jose Miranda seems to be figuring it out with the bat. Uh, you know, I think everyone, you know, the butt like after game one of that series when the Twins were scratching and clawing and their way into it, and then Tyler Duffy gives up a three run jack. I think the bullpen right now is is something that's kind of uh, you know a talking point and. It, it just ebbs and flows over the course of a season, right? Like Byron Buxton was the talking point, you know, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Then it was Royce Lewis, and now it's the bullpen. Um, at the end of the day, like the Twins are in first place. I think it's it's, it's fun to nitpick and, and, and analyze, but like I think sometimes fans need to realize like this team is playing really good baseball. That they're, I would say, exceeding our expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay to you know to want more, 
Um, but enjoy it. Enjoy the ride. Like, this team is going to be relevant throughout the summer, and I, I think that's kind of the, the most important and the most fun thing here. Uh, without a doubt. Yeah, when you talk to baseball people, they just think it's a matter of time before the White Sox jump past them <laughs> in the standings. It's remarkable. I mean, the Twins have been there since the outset of the season. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're last year's Giants. Not to say they're going to win a buck nine, but maybe they'll leave uh, wire to wire and then be able to hold off the juggernaut of the Central Division, which seemed to be the White Sox. Yeah, I, I think so. And I think like there are there were definitely question marks going into the season, right? For the twins. I think the starting rotation was something that, you know, regardless of signing Carlos Correa this offseason, I think twins fans left feeling like, Man, we really should have upgraded that rotation. Mm-hmm. Not saying it's great, but it's been fine. Like mm-hmm. it's been you know, their URI is is you know, near the top of the the AL you know, it's firmly in the top ten, you know, for starting rotation, uh, ERA. Um, Rocco doesn't let his guys go deep into the game, so that might be helped with the ERA a little bit. But, like, I think all in all, like, you look at this team, the starters are performing, you know, above what you expected. The bullpen, shaky here and there, but there are reasons for optimism there. You know, Johan Duran is, is, is like, the best, you know, 100, like, an elite closer down the road. Um, and that's a guy who I think, you know, is, is someone to feel good about. And then the offense, like that, that was always going to be something that, you know, the twins kind of hung their hats on. Um, you have guys like Byron Buxton, like I said, Carlos Correa, um, Luis Arise leading the league in batting average. You know, there's a lot of things there to suggest that this isn't a fluke for the twins, that this is sustainable, like you said. So I'll be interested to continue to follow them over Going to be fun, certainly a big one in front of them and a chance to get into the playoffs and end that 18-game losing streak that they have. (laughs) Let's jump next to the T-Wolves as we're bouncing around Minnesota sports here with Dane Mizutani from the Pioneer Press. Dane, uh, the T-Wolves getting to the playoffs, a fun series against Memphis, Mm -hmm. getting the win in the play-in round. A lot of positives about it and and a budding star in Anthony Edwards. He's in a movie coming out with Adam Sandler. He is... He's making a big-time buzz. How is the love affair happening up there in Minnesota? Just how beloved is Anthony Edwards so early in his career? Oh, they love him. Um, Mm. They love him. Everyone loves him. I love him. I think nationally he's loved. Uh, The kid is just so genuine. Genuinely himself. Doesn't feel like he's putting on an act. Um, But just his personality is infectious. Like, if you watch, there's a clip going around of that. You mentioned he's in the movie Hustle coming out with Adam Sandler and and Juancho Hernan Gomez, his, his old teammate on, on the Timberwolves. There's a clip that's been circulating on Twitter of Anthony Edwards kind of playing the bad guy um, in, in that sequence and, and talking trash. And, you know, I was talking to my buddies about it. Like, he was spectacular in that clip. Yeah. I haven't watched the movie as a whole yet. Hmm. But he wasn't – It was he was just being himself. He wasn't even really acting. Like, that's just who he is. Like, he is he's a fun kid. And not to mention, really, really good at basketball. Um, definitively, like a face of a franchise guy. Um, you know, Carl Anthony Towns is really, really, really talented. Um, I think he kind of gets, you know, not always a fair shake. Um, it, you know, in this market, I think nationally too. Um, but he's not like the alpha superstar that you can already tell Anthony Edwards is. And that's the reason I think. You know, if you're a Timberwolves fan who's been dying for two decades to have a relevant team since Kevin Garnett left, uh, Anthony Edwards is the reason to feel good about that and the reason to feel like, you know, this year was a step in the right direction. It wasn't just a blip on the radar like the Jimmy Butler year when, when they went to the playoffs and lost in five games to Houston. Like, 
no. This feels like the start of something really special, um, and Anthony Edwards is the big reason why. Yeah, Kat, uh, find me a better uh, uh, sh- big man for shooting from a distance <laughs> yeah. in, in the league. Hard, hard to find. Last thing, you know, I, I bought into this wild team, Dane. I, I loved, as we talked before, I loved what they did at the deadline. I, I get that the, uh, the, the their kryptonite is the St. Louis Blues. Even if they would have got by them, the, the Avs would have awaited. <laughs> you saw them a bunch this year, and my good God, they're playing extremely well. But uh, the Wild, is are, are they built to sustain what they did and, and springboard forward? They've got one of the league's true superstars in Kaprizov. Uh, it, was this a blip, or is this a team that looks like they're going to be con- in contention for a while? Yeah, I could see why people are hesitant and think maybe this was just a, a flash in the pan because – the while they're going to be up against it with the salary cap yep. and the Zach Breezy, Breezy, uh Ryan Suter buyout for the next three years. Um, but I don't think it's a blip. I think this is sustainable. I think you're going to have to get creative if you're Bill Guerin as a way to, you know, kind of stymie those cap hits that you're, you know, that dead cap that you're taking on um, basically to make Breezy and Suter go away. Um, but you mentioned it. Like, Kirill Kaprizov is a superstar. He's a top 10 player. I think next year he'll be a top five player. If you have that, like, I'm not going to say that's all you need because it's a team game, maybe the biggest team game in, in, in all of sports, but a guy like that can lift you and can elevate your floor. Um, I think they're, they're definitively a playoff team. I think a couple shrewd moves here and there, and they can be a cup contender again next year. Like, it's, it's so hard to win the Stanley Cup, um, and it's so cliche, but I think getting to the playoffs is such a big, important thing. Um, and I don't see the Wild going anywhere from that standpoint for the foreseeable future. You have Kirill Kaprizov. You're probably going to lose Kevin Fiala this offseason. Mm-hmm. I just keep doing the math. I have no idea how the Wild are going to figure that out. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't make sense how they could keep him um, without trading up a, a bunch of guys away. But you have Kirill Kaprizov. You have his best bud, Max Zuccarello, setting him up. Matt Boldy took a huge step yep. last year. You know, your blue line is still really, really deep and Bill Guerin basically went to bat for Matt Dumba this, this earlier this offseason said I'm not trading him. So the, the, the rumors don't need to get you know too crazy this offseason because I'm not trading him. Um, you have a depth there. And you got Cam Talbot. Sounds like Bill Guerin wants to bring back Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. They're not going to be the Stanley Cup favorites by any means next year. Um, but with a guy like Carol Kaprizov, I don't think this team's going to fall off, you know, fall by the wayside by any means. He's a legitimate superstar, no doubt. Dane Mazzatani, St. Paul Pioneer Press. Dane, thanks for doing this with us. We appreciate it. Of course, anytime, guys. Yep, good to hear from you. Dane Mazzatani, St. Paul Pioneer Press, as we catch up on the four major uh, league teams uh, in, in the Twin Cities. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Gophers, didn't get into them. I you, saw like, you... you like Phil Flex team this year? Um... Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I don't intrigued. Think gonna win. I'm intrigued by Soraka coming back uh-huh. as offensive coordinator, just because of what they were a couple years previous before he left for Penn State, and how dynamic T- Tanner Morgan was that season. Now he doesn't have the same two receivers he had out there. Yeah. I mean, there's no Bateman on, right. on that roster currently, and there's no Johnson. But and their secondary is not quite what it was over the last few years either. They're going to run the ball. Uh-huh. That offensive line needs absolutely. to be rebuilt though too. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they had. Of course, the behemoth South Park. What's nice fall of fall? Yes. 380 pounds. Six of, foot nine. Jeez. Just an absolute But monster. they're probably, I mean, when you when you look at, look at the Gophers, you can, you know, six, seven, eight, somewhere in that range yeah. going forward most every year, right? I saw six and a half out there at one of the That's shops. That's one of them? I like the over on that. 
at six and a half, I definitely would be on the over with the Gophers. I don't see them being six and six and worse this year, but maybe their ceiling is nine and three. I mean, if everything breaks right, 9-3 might be the high water mark, too. We'll take a time out, head to uh, Chicago next. It's 1125. David Kaplan joins us. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. <laughs> Wolf Construction and Wolf Roofing are currently hiring. What makes Wolf Construction a better place to work is that when we think about developing the whole person is important, whether that person is a new carpenter labor on a job site or that person's a project accountant that works in the office. It doesn't matter who. It becomes more than just a job or a company you show up to. It becomes part of the Wolf family. Competitive pay, excellent benefits, and a $1,000 sign-on bonus. Apply today. At Wolf Construction, your baseball life. The Grumpy Goat Tavern provides a rustic, comfortable atmosphere with reclaimed barnwood, sleek modern finishes, and a one-of-a-kind environment that you have to see to believe. Featuring a fresh menu, friendly neighborhood service, 50-tap beers, and sports. The Grumpy Goat Tavern is the place to be for any occasion. Catch all of the games all summer long at the Grumpy Goat Tavern with two locations in West Des Moines and one on First Street in Ankeny. Grumpy Goat is more than just a restaurant. It's local. It's for you. It's your tavern. Victory Mounds is your ace when it comes to premium baseball and softball products and services. Utilizing our vast game and industry expertise, we sell portable pitching mounds, field equipment, and field products that we trust, use, and have used when coaching or playing. But that's not all. Victory Mounds Field Consulting Services can help you improve the quality and playability of your field. Craig Allison has years of experience in the mound business and is Victory Mounds National Sales Executive, while Mike Donahoe is in charge of field equipment and products. Visit VictoryMounds.com to see what Victory Mounds can do for you. KnoxvilleRaceway.com. Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Cappy had a big-time guest on Unfiltered yesterday. Freddie Freeman. Nice. L.A. Dodgers joined the Cap. Man, the Cap mind joins us. Cap, Trent, Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? How'd the Freddie Freeman thing come about? Good get. Yeah, so I have a good friend who owns my favorite restaurant in Chicago. It's called Chicago Cut, and he's really good friends with Freddie, so... A few well-placed calls later, got a message back from the Dodgers. Yeah, Freddie said he'd be glad to sit down with you on your show. I'm like, okay, let's go. So he was really good. Consider it done. So, Kappa, arbitration, the Cubs and Wilson Contreras, apparently they settled in the middle. What, if anything, does that uh, does that mean, Cap? as far as going forward? No bad blood. They met in the middle. Does this mean anything? Does this give Cub fans any reason for hope that Contreras will be there long term once they you know come together on a contract, if indeed that opportunity arises? Uh, I mean, I don't think there's bad blood. I think Wilson's more than a little disappointed that there hasn't even been any discussions. I mean, nothing in the last three, two to three years. I think they made him an offer back in 18, I believe, was the last offer. And it was you know, well below market value, well below. So, you know, how you don't sit down and have a conversation with this guy? Unless there is an agenda 
you know, and I've heard this from some people go, well, they like throwing the Jan Gomes better. Okay, then play Wilson at DH. Wilson's the best catcher in terms of throwing runners out. Okay, if, if there's some ridiculously dumb narrative that people don't want to, you know, for whatever reason, extend him, I don't see it. He's the, OPS-wise, the best catcher in baseball. He's going to probably start his third All-Star game this year. He's 30 years old. You're telling me you can't find a role for him on your ball club that's 10 games under 500? I'll tell you, I think you're nuts. What player outside of Contreras has the most trade deadline value when we look forward to August 2nd? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, Maybe Stroman, but you're asking someone to take on $50 million. Uh And if they take all 50... Then you're, and he has an opt out, I believe, after year two. So mm-hmm. there's not even a guarantee you're going to have him for more than the rest of this year and next year. So I would say the best, if he's healthy, probably Kyle Hendricks. Mm. Interesting. That would probably be the guy that has the most value after Wilson Contreras. Now, I'm not saying I would trade Kyle Hendricks, but people always are willing to overpay for pitching. Mm-hmm. So that would probably be my answer to you. Marcus Stroman would be another one. Hmm. Cap, they won't do the Cubs a favor and take Jason Hayward via trade. Uh, it seems to be starting to be more and more buzz. Uh, I mean, the, the organization has to hear it, right? Why are they playing this guy? You know, he was, he was great. We'll never forget 2016, dot, dot, dot. Cap, um, doesn't it, it, it seems like it's inevitable, a parting between Jason Hayward and the organization. Are you surprised it hasn't happened as of yet? Uh, a little bit, yes and a little bit more that I've been thinking about it. No, because there's nobody that's pushing to get off the injured list and get a spot on the 40-man roster. Now, you've got some guys that are banged up. David Bodie's, you know, I believe, down with you guys in Iowa. Yeah, and he left so, the other day because I think Vertigo or something got him. So that delays yeah. him, but at some point they're going to have to activate David Bodie. And they've got Wade Miley and Drew Smiley. These guys are all on the injured list. And there's other guys that they're going to have to, at some point, put back on the active roster. What are you going to do with Jason Hayward then? I mean, I I keep telling you guys I don't understand. It's a sunk cost. Mm -hmm. I keep hearing from, like I was arguing with Gordon Wittenmeyer, my dear friend from NBC Sports Chicago. He's like, dude, you know how much money they own? I don't care. I've used that analogy with you guys. It's a sunk cost. Just admit, we're not going to get what we wanted out of this deal. I still have to pay you. But I'd, like, if, like if Kenny, if you did an awful job, but they had a contract, then I'd be like, oh, we got to keep using this Miller guy. And <laughs> I know we've got a contract, but you know we can't get him to do any. He shows up, but he basically doesn't do any work. So unless you know, there's some egregious thing he's doing that you can get out of the contract and there's not because he's a great dude at some point you just go okay here's your money i want to play younger guy suppose that hey keegan thompson not the, the other night not the snl guy the the guy for the cubs he third round draft pick 27 years old what's best case scenario he pitches he's a starter for the next say three four years for the cubs is it he's a number four starter on a good team what do you see from thompson Three, four, yeah, I think five so. Yeah. Yeah. He's not a top of the rotation guy, but he's really good stuff. Really good. 
you know, and he's being converted into a starter from a reliever. Yeah, he had a bad outing against Baltimore the other night. I mean, Baltimore's major league hitters now. They're not a good team, but those are major league players that are on their roster. He was 6-0 and coming in. He's had a good year. I'm more excited about Caleb Killian mm-hmm. and what he could be, but I also like Keegan Thompson. I mean, there's no reason he can't be one-fifth of your rotation. So if you have Killian and you have him and you have Justin Steele and you have Stroman and you have Hendricks next year, you're telling me that can't be a, a reasonably solid rotation and then go out and add somebody in free agency of consequence, whether that's Trey Turner to play shortstop or Aaron Judge to play left field or Carlos Correa to play short or third. I mean, come on. There's, you got, you're at a printing press of money. It's Wrigley Field. There's no reason they should get outbid on anybody. That doesn't mean everyone's going to take your money, but you should be right there. Who's available? We'll take them. And you make the highest offer. And if they don't want to go somewhere else, that's fine. But you shouldn't get outbid on anybody. Yeah, my biggest take. And you're right. I mean, Keegan Tossin's been really good. He wasn't good on Tuesday night. Cap, there was nobody in Camden Yards. That was embarrassing. I thought baseball used to be a thing in Baltimore. Maybe they just fed up and waiting. You know what, Cap? I want to go back to last weekend because we know the Cubs are, aren't, aren't going anywhere this year. But that five-game set against St. Louis was fun, wasn't it? I know you had some fun uh, when the uh, on your recap when, uh, when it might have been Thursday night, uh, the first one. Look, the two losses at the end, both of them go to extra innings before they decided that was a fun Cubs card rivalry series, Cap. It was awesome. And so every time the Cubs won, they won two of the five, and they were battling. But the other, the two games that we won, as soon as the final out hit, I had the team, <laughs> the uh, text already uh, put together to Dan McLaughlin, the TV voice of the Cardinals, and it was just like a hundred laughing emojis, <laughs> and I hit send. And I get back the old number one salute. You're number one. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And he's like, at least we're battling in the division. I wrote, we entered the season with no expectations. You actually think you have a good team. And started laughing again. I drove him insane all weekend long. And it was a fun, fun series. I wore those St. Louis is boring yeah. <laughs> and St. Louis misery instead of Missouri t-shirts from obvious shirts who is my favorite shirt company and i had a good time with it and that's what the rivalry is supposed to be so over to the white Sox, who continue to scuffle back and forth not finding consistency you're going up against the dodgers uh, over to hard to overreact to to what we've seen there where are you with the white Sox? is it just it, it continues to be a season where they just can't get their footing it feels mm-hmm. um i'm gonna disagree i'm gonna push back with you trent because, A, that's fun to do. I like pushing back against <laughs> you. And, B, they took two in a row over Tampa. Uh-huh. They took two in a row to take the series in New York against the Yankees. They weren't great against Toronto. They've been playing without Tim Anderson and Aloy Jimenez in a large chunk uh, because of COVID with no Luis Robert. So they've had more than their share of injuries. No Lance Lynn yet. And yet... They beat the Dodgers the other night 4 nothing. Michael Kopech was tremendous. And now they go for the series win today at guaranteed rate. And then things loosen up a little bit. You get the Rangers here. You, July 4th, they get, I don't know, what is it, 14 straight, something like that, against 
the Central Division. Mm. Well, they're better than any team talent-wise in that division. And if they're healthy by July 4th, if Tim Anderson's there and their rotation's going in some order of Giolito, Cease, Kopech, and Lynn, with Cueto as the five, their bullpen's been better. You're telling me that's not the best team in that division? I'll tell you I think you're wrong. Mm. You're right, Cap. I'm looking at it right now. They've got seven against the Twins from the 4th until the All-Star break, which is late this year. 17th of of July, uh, the final game before the break. You're right. Cleveland's in there. Detroit's in there. That'll be an interesting spot on the the schedule to pay attention to. Cap, Joe Madden walked the plank in in Los Angeles. Not a surprise. They lost 14 straight. I think it was 12 uh, when they finally jettisoned him. Listening to Madden, a total caught him off guard uh, that they parted ways. I don't think he's done, Cap. As, well, as, uh, as you know, Joe Madden, does it seem like a guy that would go out like uh, like you know being fired will be his last moment? We remember him as uh, in the dugout as a skipper? I mean, I know he wants to still manage is what I was told. I was also told by someone who would know that the GM in Anaheim who did not, I believe he did not hire Joe. I think he came a year after uh, was not a Joe guy. And so he looked for the first legitimate opportunity. Uh, Joe did not have a contract, I don't believe, beyond this year. Correct. I don't believe. Yep. And so, all right, we'll eat whatever money. Sunk cost again. It's the Jason Hayward thing. We already got to pay him, though. I have to still let him manage my team. We've lost 12 straight, and he's not my guy. And so already Moreno pulled the plug on the Joe Madden experiment. I mean, I remember when Joe was here, I don't know, a month ago, the Angels at the White Sox. And he was holding court in the dugout, doing radio shows. And he's a great dude. And they were 12 games over. Well, all of a sudden he blinked and he's back to 500 with 12 straight losses. And they went, that's it, you're out. So could he get another gig? Yeah, I would imagine so. I mean, Tony got one at 77. Joe's 68. That wouldn't shock me if he got another one. I don't know why these guys want it. It can't be the money. He's made a ton. It can't be the power. It can't be a power trip. Maybe it's just in their blood. I know if I get to 68, I don't want to live my life out of a suitcase on the road. I don't. I want to keep working always, but I do not want to do the whole live my life on the road doing games every week. No. No shot. Speaking of living, the Live Tour is happening right now, and they're going to be coming to your backyard coming up here later uh, in the early fall, September 18th in Chicago, any excitement at all, any buzz at all, and when we get to that point, I think we'll know even more about this tour. What's the buzz like? I, I can't even remember what the course is. Some Something farms that they're going to be playing no, at in Rich, Chicago? Rich Harvest Farms, and the guy who owns it is a guy named Jerry Rich. And Jerry invented the stock ticker that goes you know around the top. Really? Oh, someplace. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and so every time you see those symbols going by, he gets like, you know, one one hundredth of a cent, yeah. and it goes all day, every day, everywhere. And he's a billionaire. And so he was playing golf at Augusta National, and he said to a member there, hey, man, I'd like to join. How do I join? Well, you don't ask to join Augusta. <laughs> they ask you. And they didn't ask him. So he said, okay, screw you guys. <laughs> and he built his own course in Sugar Grove, Illinois, beautiful 18 holes, and the cool thing about it is I've played it. You can go play hole number two on Wednesday is a par five. Hole number two on Thursday is a par three. What? It's got tees all over the place. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a it's an amazing course. And each hole is 
the, his favorite hole from a, a famous course. Isn't like, that something? It is a really tough course to play. It's awesome. Manicured, beautiful, and he keeps his $100 million car collection on the ground. It's a really awesome place. Sounds like a billionaire in Ankeny that has his own course uh-huh. and has his own car collection uh, as well. Uh, uh, Cap, great stuff. Thanks for uh, coming on. As always, we will talk with you next week. Thanks, Cap. I look forward to it. You're the best. Have a good day. Yep. See you, buddy. Good to talk to you. David Kaplan uh, joining us from Chicago. What a story. So the, the, he, built, he, he invented the stock ticker. Mm-hmm. God, God, can you imagine? Those ideas, you just need uh, one of them to hit. You've had a lot of I've them. I've had a lot of them. None have even come close. Uh, Centurion Stone of Iowa, they sponsor our weekly conversation with Cappy. We're certainly uh, grateful to that. Centurion Stone of Iowa, if you have a, an outdoor project, an indoor project that own man, uh, that uh, requires uh, manufacture natural stone, Centurion Stone of Iowa, check them out online or check out the showroom. You'll be glad you did. Centurion Stone of Iowa.com. We will come back. Circa sponsors Trent's plays of the day. No basketball, one hockey in the Eastern Conference. How big of a favorite? Well, what is the point? What is it? Uh, Lightning have to be favored, even though the game is in Madison, is at Madison Square Gardens. Lightning minus 130. Yeah, it figures. Uh, we will get Trent's play next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106. Oh. Des Moines homeowners have two questions. What's the best time to rent out my home? And what's the best way to do it? The best time is when you're moving, relocating, combining households, inheriting a house, or you just don't want to pay a mortgage anymore. The best way to rent? Hire Renter's Warehouse. Whether you have one home or a property portfolio, Renter's Warehouse does the work so you don't have to. They perfectly price your property so you don't have to. They find great tenants in just 17 days on average so you don't have to. And for a small flat monthly fee, their professional landlords manage your property 24-7 so you don't have to. Collect the rent? You don't have to. Maintenance, inspections, and tax paperwork? You don't have to. There's no upfront fees, no binding contracts, and you can cancel at any time. Find out what your home will rent for by calling 515-528-4429 or go to renterswarehouse.com. That's renterswarehouse.com. Renters Warehouse, Des Moines. You can't buy happiness. 181. Most everyone knows that the Grumpy Goat Tavern has great lunches and dinners, but did you know that the Grumpy Goat Tavern also has breakfast? Classics like steak and eggs, the hangover burrito, chorizo biscuits and gravy. You can step it up with the shrimp and grits, breakfast fried rice, or hot chicken and waffles. And don't forget the big-ass cinnamon roll. Plus, bottomless Bloody Marys and mimosas. Do brunch at the Grumpy Goat Tavern, Mills Civic in West Des Moines, 50th Street in West Des Moines, and in Ankeny. It's time for Trent's Pick of the Day. Brought to you by Circus Sports Iowa. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, welcome back. Final couple of minutes. I can't get over the uh, Aaron Rodgers dating a witch. You're just going down that path? Oh, jeez. Maybe we put ask her to put a spell on the Rams. Man. Uh, anyways, her name is Blue of Earth. That's her real name. Blue of Earth is now, uh, she's changed her name. Um, real is a relative term. It's her made-up right. name. It's her made-up name. Yeah. Blue of Earth, the uh, witch doctor. Anyways, Trent, play of the day. Let's see what you can do. Make some money. No hockey for me. I am staying away tonight. Don't like the price on Tampa. And 
if I had to make a play, it'd be the Rangers, but I, I do not want to put my $110 on it, so I'm going to stay away from that one. Three in baseball. We start uh, early in the evening. Give me the Marlins, minus 138, like the pitching matchup with Rodgers on the mound there. We'll go that route. Boston, again, free square. I'm getting plus 106 against the Angels. I, I just keep betting against the Angels until it ends. It'll eventually will. Otani starts tonight. Yeah, he hasn't been very good. That's ERA true. North of that's, four. that's very true, Trent. And I'm laying the one and a half with the Yankees tonight. Yanks come back, do they? Yeah. Dylan Bundy. Oh, Garrett Cole. Yeah. That's pretty good. What time is that? 6.40. 7? All right. You got your night plan. I do. Uh, if you uh, are looking for more local programming, you don't have plans, well, we've got plenty for you. In fact, Murph and Andy are an hour and five minutes away. The Fanatics at 3. And then Joe Stacy, Barnstormer Weekly, tonight at 6 o'clock. We're Miller and Condon. You can hear Trent and I weekdays from 10 to noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.